Hey everyone, welcome to a very special interview on 4GQ TV. Today we have uh, comic book artist and creator uh, Steve Pugh with us. And uh, real quick before we introduce him, uh, we have Paris Lockhart from the largest Marvel Facebook group. And we have Mav, aka Fun Speculation, from the Xbox Ultimate Podcast and Fun Pop. And he's also a fellow panelist on 4GQ TV. Uh, Steve, I want to go right to you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, um, well, I'm an ancient comic book artist who has been here since the dawn of time. Before pre-Vertigo, I was I was working. Um, uh, our Animal Man book was brought in as one of the first Vertigo books um, because it was so disturbing. That's Jamie Delano writing it. Um, I've worked for Marvel, DC, Dark Horse. Uh, the deadline comic with tank girl in it way back in the 90s um i've just i don't know i've just i'm like um forrest gump i've been in the background of all these events drawing i got a i got a question for you right off the start so what got you into comics what got you into creating into this whole you know world of uh, comic books it was always a plan, really. Um, when I was a, a kid, it was the, the thing I sort of did best. I mean, I was always making my own comic books. Um, I'd, I'd get about like two or three pages into them, scribbled with Byron, and then I'd get bored and start a new one, you know. And they're all copies of other things. They were copies of Judge Dredd or, or Buck Rogers in the 20th century or other things. But it was always the plan to do it professionally. Um, and my mum my made me go to uh, art college because I wanted to do it straight from school. But uh, she, she had a head on her shoulders and she made me get a, a proper education, which <laughs> I was able to use later. So that was good. Um, but yeah, uh, sort of, it was my fate. As a kid, uh, what made you want to do that? Was it like an inspiration from some like other books that you read or, or were you really into certain series or anything like that? Just the idea of like creating your own people and moving them through stories and you know creating spaceships and worlds and aliens and creatures that that were that were what you wanted you know they weren't somebody else's you i mean comic books are great because they're, they're the closest distance between a creator and a reader you know there's very little in between well the, you know <laughs> sometimes there is but usually it's it's a very it's a it's a very quick distance between drawing something and it ending up with a reader with a reader, and I love the idea that you could just create your own worlds and um, and populate them and make them do what you said. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little dictator, <laughs> little um, emperor complex or something. Right. So did, did what you said you were drawing Buck Rogers and and a few other things like. Um, what was your main inspiration growing up as a child well, as a kid um, learning how to draw and trace and, and, and all the stuff like what it what sparked that in in you um you know from you know what, what sparked that imagination right well, I don't know. My, 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 dad was a, my dad was a train driver and he knew i was interested in drawing so he used to chat up the the women who worked in the offices at the front and they used to give me reams of um uh photocopy paper so I was always drawing and, and covering this stuff with um, drawings and all the comics. I, I didn't really see a lot of American comics growing up. Uh, they just weren't around where I was for some reason. So I was getting a lot of the British comics and they were still. So this was the 70s. So they were still hanging on to the World War Two stuff. So it was all people in Spitfires and, you know, and it, it wasn't really speaking to me. And then at the end of the 70s, when Star Wars hit, uh, the science fiction comics started up. And this was amazing. This was great. Monsters, aliens, spaceships. And the TV went the same way. So there was like all the Glenn A. Larson stuff, Buck Rogers, Battlestar Galactica, all of that stuff started coming in. And there was just so much to draw that I couldn't help drawing. I, I guess that's, that's the short answer. Did you have any mentors or any uh, other artists that you looked up to? I didn't, I didn't know anybody in comics. Um, I knew uh, friends of mine at school were into comics. Um, but uh, I mean, I didn't really start looking at other artists as inspiration. 
until 2000 AD started up. And then they had Brian Bolland and uh, much later Glenn Fabry. And uh, there was, a, there was a, a guy called Bellardi Nelly, who was in the first issue of 2000 AD, uh, Italian guy. And he drew these incredibly intricate, gruesome monsters, beautiful stuff. Um, that really, that, yeah, I'd say Bernardi Nelly was the first artist who I knew the name of because they didn't used to credit the art artists in British comics um, until 2000 AD. 2000 AD was the first comic that you could actually know the name of the stuff you liked, uh, which was quite important, I guess. That's awesome. That's cool. Hey, so did I always am fascinated with this with artists? Like, so when you're a kid, you're you're fascinated by you know these comics and you have an interest in it, but there's still a talent there you have to have right to be able to do this. So. Do you think that just kind of came naturally for you, the creativity and the ability to draw, or was it something because you had such a passion for it, you worked towards it to be able to accomplish what you were, were trying to do? Yeah, I think it's a passion really. I mean, I know, I know artists who are vastly better than me, who, who just didn't want to do it. Um, I, um, it takes me a long time to draw a page um, and it's not something that comes naturally to me, but I really, really want to do it. Um, so I, I think, I think a lot of people have the talent to do it. A lot of people don't have the personality set to sit in a room for eighteen hours alone with some music and just do this crazy thing. Um, I think it takes a certain kind of masochism to to kind of bang your head against the, the drawing board for so long. Um, so yeah. I mean, there are so many talented artists out there. I think it's really just. Nice. So and I was going to ask. Yeah, so I was going to ask, um, you know, what 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 got your start? Like, how did you start? Um, which what was your first uh, job in comics? Oh, man, I got so lucky. Um, we sent off some photocopies. Um, I've been drawn because, you know, been doing the 2008 copying the 2000 AD stuff. There was lots of, you know, big in leather and guns. And uh, I sent some photocopies off to First Comics and the, uh, John Ostrander, who's <laughs> pretty famous, was uh, writing a comic called Grimjack at that point. And his artist mm. uh, was taking a, a four week sabbatical to draw a graphic novel and he needed an artist for the main book. And my copy, my my samples came in and they were ideal and the editor phoned me up and they said um say can you draw 20 pages in a month and it taken me um nine months to draw 30 pages for for when i <laughs> yeah absolutely i can <laughs> and i did i i drew I, I i managed to get the books done i was you know but and that was a big break and john um recommended me to karen berger was coming over um scouting for talent in the uk she was she go she'd set up a hotel room in london and invite artists to come along and meet her and john ostrander recommended me to karen for an interview and that's how i got hellblazer and the whole thing started snowballing from there nice nice you self-promotion man self-promotion it's a little different these days but yeah it's awesome i mean if somebody likes stuff i mean Artists, in a way, have it easier than writers. It's very easy mm -hmm. to kind of show somebody what we do. Um, where a writer, you've got to persuade them to sit down and read the scripts and things. So, so in that, in that it worked out for me anyway. Nice. So you, so when you got into this um, whole situation of of drawing, it was before the days of computer art. You were actually like pencil. Oh, ink yeah. on paper yeah 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 um i i used to i had this technique where i was um i i didn't used to pencil really um i used to go straight in with ink and then use um you you, you buy this kind of correction uh fluid this spirit based correction fluid and mm -hmm. i just put that on like and then draw over the top and um somebody made a joke that uh, there were there were seagulls nesting in my fight scenes because the board was so thick by the time, by the time I, but, but yeah, so, so in a way when computers came along, 
that was ideal for me because I I because that this kind of do something correct it technique really that and now I sort of do a little bit of half and half like if, if something suits doing it on the computer I do it on the computer something suits doing it in real world materials then I'll do it in the real world material uh so I like I like to and it keeps things interesting as well it stops you getting bored of you know because there are long days and anything you do to liven it up do you have a favorite series that you've worked on uh let's say for each uh comic book company that you worked for uh throughout your years do you have a favorite one from marvel a favorite for dc favorite for dark horse and a favorite of maybe your own independent one well dark horse um i only ever did um movie licenses so it was terminator but that meant I got to work with Alan Grant, who was a big hero of mine from 2008. So, so Dark Horse would be Terminator. Um, DC, probably Animal Man, because I, I got to work with um, Jamie Delano the first time around and um, Jeff Lamar second time around. And they were both quite well-received series and they, they both did a lot for me at a time when um, I needed a bit of a, a boot, you know, I needed a bit of a, a kick, kick start. Um, Holly Quinn Breaking Glass isn't quite DC, so I'm gonna I've got to cheat because this was an, an offshoot of theirs. That was um, the book I did with Maria uh, Mariko Tamaki. Um, that had so much love come back to it, and we we put so much into that book. Um, you know, it's it. You know, if if I if I have a a sort of a virtual portfolio, that would be you know right in the top three. Independent, obviously. Oh, it's a toss-up between Sharpman and Hotwire, but I wrote Hotwire, so it's going to be Hotwire. I love that book. Um, <laughs> someday I'll find a publisher, I'll put it back in print, and I'll, I'll do another series of it. Um, it. It was so important to me. I've been trying like 20 years to get it on paper, and the opportunity arose with Radical. Um, we had our problems with Radical, but the book got out, um, and that's the main thing. Uh, Marvel. Oh, Marvel Strick. I think... I think probably the invaders um with james robinson because he was such a passionate writer about the characters and i learned so much about the marvel universe which i hadn't known you know i i, I hadn't really read a lot of marvel books and he he dived straight into this stuff the real obscure lore and i had to learn all about these characters and what they could do and how they looked and how they look now and how they used to look uh that was a, a blast that was um that was fantastic who we left out um I did a dread for 2008D, you know, <laughs> you've got to tick that off. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think that's most of it. Nice. Uh, there'll be, there'll yes. be something like really important that I've forgotten to mention, but of course, but uh, and it, if, if you wrote it, I apologize now. <laughs> Do you prefer working on other people's uh, stuff or like characters that you've grown to love and you having that that opportunity to work on something like that or do you prefer just still creating your own brand new thing now i think because i can imagine it's like a dream come true sometimes right but then also it's not your own i think i think you're always gonna i mean i i grew up at a time when you entered the comic industry expecting to be drawing your own characters um because that the, the big creator owned push was happening in the late 90s 2000s and that's the the that was my entry point and and really when you're working on your own thing you can go anywhere you can do anything you, you don't have to be beholden to um the conventions of character um and when you're working on established i mean working on captain america <laughs> in the invaders was amazing but at the same time you know that you're not going to be somebody's favorite captain america artist you you always know that you'll be part of the legend but you'll never be the best because so many giants have gone before you um and there's also the problem of a lot of artists face when you know you when you you know these characters like captain america and the captain america you knew and you loved in the goofy old uniform isn't going to be the captain america that you're drawing you're going to going to be drawing the new guy with the, the armor and the, he looks different it's, you're not you're not getting that nostalgia buzz that you imagine you would you you're almost drawing a new character 
because I mean, it has you know the characters have to evolve you know that's that's important i'm just talking about it from like the artist's point of view you know you, you can't recreate that feeling you had when you saw the characters when you were a kid because they've moved on as they should and in that invaders uh comic you have a lot of characters that were a uh, part of that you have uh sam wilson captain america you have namor you have winter soldier you have spitfire you have Deathlock, you, you, man, that, there's a lot of rich history. Um, I think uh, uh, there's a few others that are in here. I'm just sort of looking at it right now. But yeah, there's a, uh, there's a lot of characters and a lot of sort of background and history to them all. So I'm, I'm sure people were like, you know, you know, gave some feedback. But um, it's awesome. To, I would have like loved that opportunity because that was a that was a very popular uh, series. I'm surprised that Marvel hasn't turned that into a, a, a movie franchise based off these stories that, that were in there. Maybe they will with this Falcon and Winter Soldier sort of thing going. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Deathlock, the dream. Funnily enough, Deathlock was the one that really hit me because I read him in the there was a, a black and white reprint. Um, mm -hmm of star wars of the star wars comic and it came out uh, every week and to fill out the pages they reprinted stuff like star lord and deathlock uh, mm. so i deathlock really well and i'd seen the art black and white as well uh without any color on it so i i you know i could really see the line work so he was a really important character to me when i got to draw him i was that that was <laughs> incredible and That's and awesome. uh, the sam wilson uh sam wilson was hilarious because I think I had to do a fight scene with Sam Wilson only facing forwards because the back of his costume hadn't been designed at that point. I didn't see it. It was a, it was a crazy time. But uh, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> that's something you wouldn't think about, like reading a comic or watching something. You know what I mean? Because that's something only you guys would know, right? Yeah. And. <laughs> That's 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 crazy. I would think that that's the first process of everything it would be a completely evolve and design what the costume is going to be and then like start the comic. But like, I guess we just, you know, timing worked out, you know, ideally, yes, yeah. the, the, the costumes are all designed for you and you get the ref. But sometimes um, your comic is coming out just a bit earlier than the timeline for that character's comic so this is on yeah mm -hmm. um with it nice. you know you luckily um because it's a, a drawn world you get to decide you know if there's a you know a big lump of concrete hiding something that you don't know what it looks like or <laughs> and uh just get it through it nice yeah it's good to see your art <clears throat> is on uh marvel unlimited too so that's that's pretty cool so people who haven't read the uh, Invaders comic series. Um, it spans, I think, over 15 books or something like that um, over the course of a year and a half. Um, it is available on Marvel Unlimited. I'm not giving them a shout out or anything like that, but it's just, you know, it's cool that the comics are sort of, I, I think it's a resurgence um, right now. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I'm, I'm super happy that uh, a lot of the comic artists are getting sort of their just do now with this whole digital world and stuff like that so it's, it's awesome it's yeah it's nice the stuff's still out there you know, yeah we used to do used to do a month's work and then you'd throw it into the void and then once it was off the shelves it was kind of gone mm -hmm. and then the graphic novels and the trades started happening and that was another bite of the cherry but they only did like small print runs of them and now yeah as you say people can catch up and uh, and it feels like you you're actually building a, a, a library of work um instead sorry <laughs> yeah no that's awesome so hey would you say that the process be between like working with marvel and working with dc is relatively the same or do they go about things completely different with with uh with the creation process with you guys um yeah i, th I think it's it's a it's a very similar process um i'm trying to think of any uh differences i haven't worked at marvel um in a couple of years so i don't know Pardon me. dc's got very on with providing uh reference um they've set up a system where you get 
like um, a big because it used it used to be crazy. You used to used to have to troll down the comic shop, ask the guy who knows about the characters. Well, I need this, 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 this. Now they've they've um, they're doing everything they can to make sure the artists are um, completely up to date with the the new looks and the, the costumes and everything. So that's 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 a huge improvement. But yeah, the general process is very similar. Um, you have a, a a writer, uh, an editor or a sub-editor that you work with and they, you know them and you trust them and, and they do all the liaising. And then you, um, I, I tend not to have a lot of contact with the writers because I like to kind of get the script and sort of do my bit. Um, and I, um, though I have been working with some writers recently who like to be more, um, uh, you know, have a chat about the characters and where they're going. So you've filled in on stuff that isn't necessarily in the script. And that's good too. That's good too. Um, yeah. But yeah, the whole, the whole process is, is, you know, it's pretty streamlined now. I and mean, they've got to get the 20 pages out every month. So it's... Uh, yeah. it's uh, yeah. Do you have any like favorite colorists that, that you bring along? Or is it just the, the DC or Marvel will choose the colorist for you, whoever's available sort um, of thing? Well, I've been trying to get Chris Chuckery on all my, um, well, we, he, he, he did uh, Billionaire Island. He's, um, mm -hmm. he's uh, I, 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 I stole him off the Winslade who did, when he was doing the um, Howard the Duck comics. Uh, mm. He just beautiful work on the faces and, and, and stuff. Um, a big fan of uh, Tamara Bonvillain, um, but I can never get her because she's too busy. And everybody I haven't mentioned, I love you too. <laughs> Those yeah, there you go. <laughs> now I see that you. Well, I don't know who. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. I was just saying, and and I'm including my current colorist, who I don't know it isn't. <laughs> I see that you've you've also worked on some pretty. I want to say like characters that, that touch a lot of people um, that have a huge fan base just for those characters, right? I see that you worked on uh, Blade 1 through 5, which is really cool. Uh, Blade still has a very popular, specific fan base. Um, and then I see that you worked on a miniseries of Darkseed, which seems to be coming back in popularity since the Justice League movie. Yeah, um, I've, I've got very fond memories of the, the Blade books. Um, Stuart Moore edited those for, is it, I think it was Max, um, I think. Um, and we, we changed writer just literally, I'd already drawn the pay, first page of the previous writer and then for some reason they changed writers. Um, so that was kind of crazy. Um, and I ended up um, drawing the book in black pencil crayon and then treating it um, uh, with a, a, a photocopy technique to darken it up and then I know that was mad um, and what was the other one? Oh, Darkseed, yeah that was that was a Jamie Delano um, script um, I loved that, that he, he did it from the point of view of a dog soldier who was it was almost like Judge Dredd on Apocalypse he was um, he was like a disillusioned dog soldier who was losing his all faith in the system and he was tracking down this kid who'd been defacing dark side, dark side, dark seed, dark side uh, statues. Um, and in the end, he decided to protect the kid. And uh, I shouldn't give the end away. But it was it was great working with Jamie again. And it was a, it was a really good story. And, it, and I, I tried to kind of bring that chunky Kirby design work into the artwork as well. Um, so I had a lot of fun with that, um, shaking up the style a bit. Nice. Um, I go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Paris. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just going to ask. Uh, I've, I've seen. You know, uh, this is just chiming off of your your uh, question, Carlo, about uh, uh, some of the characters. Like, what are some of the other fun characters that you've uh, that you've done? I see you doing the Flintstones. Um, there was a, a Superman versus uh, uh, Terminator. Um, you have uh, uh, Age of Ultron versus zombies. 
you know, <laughs> like which sort of one of those or all of those, you know, I would consider those not the sort of the generic, generic, hey, I'm a good guy versus the bad guy sort of thing. It's, you know, a different um, feel and uh, uh, way of doing things and telling a story. So how, how, how do you how did you like uh, working on those uh, different yeah. comic realities? It's a lot easier to draw ugly, mean, grotesque characters than it is <laughs> guys who are a little dull to draw. Um, so things like, uh, yeah, Ultron versus Zombies was uh, fantastic. And again, that was <laughs> again, so he was again bringing in loads and loads of characters. Um, mm -hmm. Having a lot of fun with the background characters um, uh, who were all zombified and we had to we had to get through so we had to get authorization for so many different characters so that they could be in the book or in the background or um most of the time we didn't have to do corrections some characters we had to change the version of them or we did it we did um uh a, a, a quaker punisher who was in this kind of um this outfit quaker outfit but he was he was uh he was the punisher hmm. <laughs> multiverse punisher uh, um uh yeah so i mean basically anything that's anything i can find a, a bit of two thing to, to to the more i know about a character and the more i can put in their face and the more i can put in their body language the happier i am because um the more well the more i know the more i can say um really so anything i know if i know a lot about the character that's me at my happiest because I can improvise without and know that I'm not going to step on the toes of the writer um, down the line. Yeah. Uh, the Flintstones, God, that was great. I had a lot of fun with them with the different body types. Um, I had to like make the Neanderthals look different from the humans. I elongated their trunks and gave them shorter legs. And they had uh, much kinder faces than humans, I thought, which was, yeah. which was tough. But yeah, Mark, Mark um, gives you a lot of opportunity for character work. Uh, it's got this great dialogue and there's a lot of humor in it. Um, so that, that was fun because a lot of, um, I had some of the influences I didn't mention were, were I did see Mad Magazine when I was a kid. So like John Severin, mm. who was doing the movie adaptations, you know, we'd have these kind of realistic faces, but they were, they were still humor comics. Um, I think that was a big influence on my approach to the Flintstone stuff. Nice. I was also looking at this, um, and this is for me. This is a really iconic character, right? Because my father, uh, when I was growing up, I walked into the attic and I found his stash of the Vampirellas that he had, you know, from a long time ago. And Vampirella really, put, I think, for a long time, pushed the limits of uh, a character. And I see that you had a chance to work on Vampirella. And that is really cool because that character, it really meant something to me because it brings back fond memories of my dad reading comics with me. What was that like to work on a, a Vampirella book? Uh, that, was, uh, that was a lot of fun. I, I did struggle with it. I don't think I was, I don't think at that point I was good enough to draw. Um, I had been drawing a lot of, you know, sexy stuff. Um, and I don't think I entirely pulled off the, the, the oomph of it. But I, I mean, I concentrated on the monster and it was a Vampirella Witchblade crossover. Mm. So uh, there was a big snowstorm on a bridge and lots of Kioskiro stuff. Uh, it, was, it was amazing to work on the character because I, I, I think I did get to do a colour cover for it. Um, but uh, the, the chance to do her again fell through because I, I think even the editors thought I probably wasn't right for the character. Uh, and you just have to, I could, I could probably do it now, but um, at the time, I don't think I was ready. I just don't think I was there yet. You know, <clears throat> you know we got to fail before we, you know, it's, uh, it's all part of the uh, growth uh, of being, you know, where you are right now. So it's lessons learned and, you know, hey, you gave it a shot um and uh, and people like it so there's some things out there that you know that's that's pretty cool so i think we did a, we did a good job i think but I, you always look back and you think well you know i wish i'd done a bet 
Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I did the best I could at the time, but um, yeah. I think you always yeah, this is looking at the Flintstones stuff that you were talking about. Um, that's pretty cool. I, I missed that. I, I, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, and the redesign on those characters are, are pretty awesome. So did you have pretty like did you have like, like free reign kind of with that or um, was that inspiration of the design of those characters done for you? Um, cause it's, they're pretty interesting, man. It's, it's like a completely different take on the Flintstones. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, um, originally Mark, um, Mark Russell, the writer, he, he wanted to make them very different. He wanted to get rid of the, the togas and have them in like fur suits, like actual reproduction mm-hmm. clothes. Um, and I thought Mark's a genius, but I was a little reticent about that because part of the whole kick of the book would be to see familiar characters but have Mark's um, quite dark humour in there with them um, and, and as it happened um, Amanda Connor um, had done a publicity shot of the Flintstones even, she was, even though she wasn't going to be on the book um, as a promotional piece and that had them in the traditional um, cartoon costumes so we went with that um, and I think it was the right decision overall. Um, I, I, I based Fred on a, um, I wanted him to look like a, like a proper man's, man, you know, a construction worker, yeah. um, ex-army. He had to have like these super kind eyes. He had to look like, like a tremendous dad. Um, mm. So I based him on a, a, an English comedian, Tommy Cooper, who was big in the 70s, who had this, mm. he had a face like a slab of but he had these really kind eyes under his under his brow, right. um, and I thought that's that's perfect for um, for Fred. And uh, I don't know, but Barney was based on why, well, in part, <laughs> for legal reasons. Um, I, I think Barney reminded me a lot of Val Kilmer, really, because he's <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> his wife is the most beautiful woman in. The prehistoric world. Um, so he's got to have something going for him. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, that was that was my thinking on that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I I'm glad you brought that back up, man. Because uh, looking at them, it's like you know, there's some pictures that like sort of modernized. Um, um, you know, based off, you know, we all grew up watching a cartoon. I'm sure, I don't know if everyone's yeah. seen a cartoon before, right? Yeah, but have a do. Have a do, right? It's sort of like, I wish this art right here was the uh, cartoon growing up, right? That's sort of how I felt about it. And I'm like, oh, this would have been so awesome growing up seeing this. You know, I'm not knocking the other version of it, but it's just like this, I would prefer this yeah. um, over the other one, right? And it's cool. I think uh, there's something here that, that's awesome that people should uh, definitely check out. So it's cool. And I'm looking through, going through a bunch of your cover art on uh, some of the projects you did were the cover artists for. And uh, it's just like, I can see like a general overall style that you have with your drawings and it it comes through. It makes it, it makes it uniquely you in a way, even though everything is different. Uh, I always find that it's uh, very interesting, very interesting with like a specific artist that you can just see it and you know, okay, that's probably him because of that, that style. It, it really comes through and it's, it's pretty impressive to actually kind of leave that trademark and stamp through, through different things. Right. Uh, the Harley Quinn cover uh, I saw on, I think it was Harley Quinn uh, con, con, uh, Convergence. Is that what it was? Right. Um, um uh, just really cool stuff, man. I really like looking at the artwork. It's uh, impressive. Thank you. I, I've got no thread running through it. I think it's just artists just choose images they like and, it, and you just see mm-hmm. on the page rather than any. And there's no there's no plan involved. Yeah. There's no, there's no there's no like it's, great it's not intentional right it's like a signature in a way where it's like even if you write your name a million times and try and do it differently it's still somehow going to appear to other people this similar right right so i'm looking at uh one of the covers well since mav brought this up looking at some of the covers that you've done 
Um, I'm assuming that you've done this cover because it is the Flintstones. Uh, the Bloomin' Shells cover with the shoe shell. That... Do you remember that I, one? I only did the first cover for the Flintstones. All the okay. others were guest guest artists. Okay. Um, I did the I did the oh no I did two I did um I did the bowling one and the first one because those were going to I did issue one and issue six I think because that way I'd have a, a painted cover for both collections <laughs> it's, it's all worked out <laughs> yeah the, the uh, issue number one right where he's got the bowling ball yeah. uh yeah yeah that's it's it's just great I mean like this is what I'm talking about like it's awesome. Um, it's like a mature kind of like more grown up Flintstones. It it does look really good. Yeah. Yeah, Mark did an amazing job with it. And and you know, kudos to DC for sticking with us. Um, you know, they, they they could have dropped us after three issues. In fact, that was a plan. I only signed on for three issues. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh uh we, we got to twelve, I think. Mm. It's nice. So you what? got to tell us about this uh, Superman versus uh, Terminator. Sorry, sorry, Carlo. I just I, I just have to. No <laughs> hey, you have it on your you have it on your Twitter feed. Yeah, <laughs> you got to talk to us about that. Like how, how how did that come to fruition, and how did you? You know, I'm sure the idea came out, and 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 you know, they're like, hey, let's take a let's take a stab at this. Well, um, you said. <laughs> microcosm of how these things work so i sent um i bombarded um dark horse with samples bombarded them with samples of alien <laughs> i really want to draw alien alien, <laughs> alien here's some aliens look how i draw the aliens and i've got a phone call and they said so you want to draw terminator <laughs> oh a big shiny thing with all the straight lines on it yeah okay red, red beady eyes <laughs> all those parts that looks really hard <laughs> uh so i said yes and um alan grant was writing and uh, it was interesting because i hadn't done apart from sort of animal man was sort of a superhero comic i hadn't really done a superhero comic at that point so um i, I guess you know having superman thrown in there was was um nice bonus and um i had an inca um through uh, a few of the episodes um mike perkins who's now drawing swamp thing for dc very talented fellow and it was the first time i'd really worked with an ink because as i said I, I didn't really pencil um but we we worked it out we, we got we got a, a rhythm going and um uh, yeah some of it's pretty good i think um although i mean it's a bit of a daft idea. I wasn't, you know, entirely sure of the artistic merit of it, but I think everybody had a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm just thinking like that could be a movie right now and it would do well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would do really well. Like Terminator franchise or something, I guess. Yeah. Superman flying through beating up a bunch of robots, it would do well. The action and all that stuff, right? That's cool. So here's here's one actually. Like, if you could take any project that you worked on, what would you like? Would you like to see any specific one actually made into like a full length feature film? Uh, uh, and if you if there is one that you would like to see, uh, which one would be your number one choice for that? Well, um, hot wire because I get the money. Um, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, um, there's, there's been a few things I've done without being a real movie, but because I, they were done for other companies, right? Um, that's just the way it works. Um, I think Sharpman would make a pretty successful movie, bizarrely enough. But it, it's 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 visually very strong. Um, uh, I'd really like to see breaking Harley Quinn breaking glass. I think that would be beautiful. I think that mm. had a really nice characters. Um, uh, as far as the superhero stuff, you know, it could do it with any of it, couldn't they? Now, um, yeah. 
it, and it would look genuinely fantastic. I mean, back when it was drawn, the idea of doing these things and getting to movies would, would be crazy, but the technology is just so good now. Mm. Well, let's 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 start sharing a uh, Hotwire and let's get a push to get Hotwire yeah. into a full feature film or a TV show. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking through the images for Hotwire right now and just the artwork in it is just amazing, right? Um, I, it tells us. I think a good comic book artist can really tell the story through image, right? Um, and it really comes through just flipping through some of the the artwork here and it's um i I can already grasp kind of what it's all about you know just by just by visually seeing it right um i think i mean i approached it as if i was drawing the comic of the movie the movie adaptation you know because i because i used to love the um the star wars adaptations uh and the uh the blade runner adaptations they used to do in the 80s they used to come out in these marvel comics um, so I think, I think my thinking behind it was to do. Like, <laughs> oh, we can we can get Charlize Theron to play uh, to play the uh, the lead. You know, there we go. She looks just like her almost. Radical <laughs> was talking to um, oh Emma Stone at one point apparently. Um, oh, huh. which Emma Stone would be a bit not a bad choice. She. I don't know if they were telling the truth. To be um alice hotwire detective exorcist yeah. like, um yeah. it's just like, of the day. really cool you know it's like um it's like a female badass constantine right right yeah <laughs> she 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 doesn't um it, they're they're kind of in 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 the story they um the ghosts are kind of everywhere they're, they're more mm-hmm. like um like they'd be um homeless people never been street corners and they're in in uh side alleys and things and they're basically um a constant presence um but where they came from what they're doing nobody really understands and she's uh had this science up doesn't really believe in ghosts she thinks there's some other explanation for them so it's it's part trying to find out what they are in part trying to um do a kind of police keeping thing on them yeah stop them from doing evil evil things right yeah things. <laughs> every every one of them comes back some are some are you know sympathetic and some are yeah out for revenge and, and some are just crazy um <laughs> every, every, ridiculous when you say that loud <laughs> it, it sounds amazing to me you know actually like it sounds like something you, i could like visually see on a big screen and yeah. would, would make it would come through and make sense on uh, you could develop a whole thing around it right so right. it could be it could be like a, a netflix sort of show it could be, oh yeah yeah uh, you know something like that a ongoing series because you have a lot of uh stories like you can base the stories off of just like you know a few of the mm-hmm. you know evildoers and stuff like that and she's working on individual um cases right um maybe she's trying to help them or maybe she's trying to stop them sort of thing so it, it, it there's some potential there um yeah so would you rather see it as an animated uh uh feature or would you rather see something live action uh representation that's a good question. Um, I've always rather liked animation because they, they seem to pay more attention to uh, the, the the storytelling. I mean, the I love the DC animation stuff. That's a good. I, either's good. Either's yeah. good. <laughs> You'll take it either way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get those checks, man. Yeah, get those checks. Get my man paid here. <laughs> That's a fantastic story. There, there was there was some interest in it, and they the radical weren't particularly interested in staying true to the comic. So mm. they instead of a future scientist, ghost police woman, she mm. was a present day car thief. Um, oh. which explained her name, Hotwire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, who gets involved with um, this bunch of teenagers 
who have got ghost fighting suits. It was horrible. It was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, oh, what about ghost suits? And, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's what you what you what you get when you get the wrong people around a conference table talking about ideas, right? No, what would it? This would sell, you know. You know. Right. Yeah, you know, and that's and that just happens in film and 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 stuff like that. They'll take stories and change them big time. But I'm glad that you get you know, to stand true to the to the story and and, and hopefully like one day something will land. Right. Between creator and reader is a comic. You know, this right. the least. You tell your story, the reader gets the story. Uh, with movies, you know, it goes through so many offices where somebody has to contribute to prove that they're worth employing. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's yeah. why Marvel makes movies so that, you know, their characters would end up on the screen. Right. I was going to ask you. Um... I forgot the first question I was going to ask you, so I'll go with the second one so I can remember the first one. What is <laughs> what is some of the most current work that you've worked on or that you are working on that you can talk about? Oh, um, well, um, it's been announced I'm, on, uh, I'm working on more than one um, issue of Justice League, um, Michael Bendis, um, which is, it was very hard not to geek out when that happened. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. I don't know how it happened, but um, I'm very pleased it did. Um, So, yeah, I'm enjoying doing that right now. Um, What are you getting to do for that? Can you say exactly? Or um, what's your role on on that project? uh, Well, join it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's, um, It's a big old story um and i'm just telling part of it hmm. so um it's it's pretty impressive you know, it's got a threat to earth it's got a threat to the whole team it's got um aliens spaceships and all hmm. this drawing um so yeah it's and uh lots of panels of page as well so it's quite <laughs> okay, yeah. it's nice when uh when is that uh, uh dropping when is that going to be released Time frame. Uh, issue 64 so um i i june july something like that i think mm-hmm. okay uh, so getting close getting close yeah yeah, yeah i should be working <laughs> <laughs> yeah just tell dc you're on with uh, uh 4g key tv they'll understand now <laughs> Uh, so, well, I'm going to make sure I put that on my full box at my local comic store. I'm going to definitely get that. And I, uh, when I see your amazing work in there, I'm going to tweet it out and be like, everybody should go get this immediately. You're Jen. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, as you, here's a good one. Because you're working on Justice League, what is your favorite Justice League character? Ooh. Uh- Cool. Um, well, I don't know if he's in the Justice League, but he's sort of hanging with them at the minute. Um, Black Adam is fantastic because yeah. he's again he's he's got a darkness to him. He's um, really fun to draw. He's he's you know he's evil and not evil and a bit smug and he's got a lot of personality going on. Um, Anti-hero. Like Hawk Girl, the wings are really hard. You've got to, it's so difficult to place them in the frame. And you know that something they're just gonna have speech balloons all over the place. All that work, all that work <laughs> goes up in smoke. Um, but they're all pretty great. Um, who have I enjoyed? Oh, actually, I like Aquaman. I like the mm. the I, I like the cleanness of it. I mean his costume is just like a pair of pants and um tattoos but that means there's nothing getting in the way of the anatomy um and a lot of modern superhero costumes have all these bits on them that sort of breaks up because the the old you know way way back in the 60s when everybody just wore the skin tight suits um the motion you could show with a 
with a punch by just having the the arm and the muscles fantastic but as more and more clutter started getting on the costumes it it's harder to keep that motion in the pages so aquaman's great because he's all got a hair which goes everywhere and he's got you know big muscles simple costume i like aquaman yeah awesome have a bunch of gadgets hanging from him and stuff like that yeah, yeah. i mean it, it looks it looks great in the comics but it it, it is it does limit you with how you can move the character on the page. So, so yeah, the simpler the better, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's cool insight. One question I have nice. for you as a, uh, as a artist working in the UK is that I've noticed, you know, I've collected comics from different regions of the world, whether it be, uh, you know, Europe or Italy, Sweden, uh, UK. And I've noticed that sometimes like Marvel might have a different storyline in a different country of the same character or maybe something a few issues of that character that you know is not in the american comics american storyline have you ever worked on a let's say like a uk version uh that was different than like a, an american version of the same character no um most of that stuff was done by panini for for marvel uh, mm. I had a for who did like all Spider-Man runs that never appeared in America. I think they collected them later, um, after the fact. But um, I know Marvel UK was its own thing and did some. Uh, Liam Sharp started off there, um, mm. and uh, Gary Skin. There's some some real powerhouses from English artists started off on Marvel UK stuff. Uh, they were publishing stuff in black and white in the oh, no 80s, 90s, no 90s it must have been. Um, but no, no, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious because my, one of my local comic stores I go to, they have like a bin of comics that, you know, where like what they call like the dollar bin. And it's because for some reason, a lot of Americans are not drawn to those dollar bins comics. And I found a lot of Captain America UK in there. And, uh, one of my buddies is a Captain America fan. So when he found out that there was all this UK Captain America stuff, he went ballistic and he's like, can you buy all the boxes for me? (laughs) (laughs) When were the comics from? I don't know. They had to be, I want to say, late 80s and 90s. And they had like big UK stamps on them. And the characters... I mean, the general color scheme of the characters were the same, but they definitely had a different style to them. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think quite a lot of Steve Dillon worked on the Hulk. I want to say he 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 worked on something. Um, but yeah, they they were Marvel UK was generating their own stuff. Um, I I I I, um, I applied to uh, draw more. I applied to draw Transformers. Uh, for them, but they never got back in touch. Oh, so, <laughs> man. I love Transformers. We've got some awesome. cool, interesting things uh, now coming out. Uh, don't give up on your dreams. You never know. Keep keep submitting those. <laughs> hey, after this Justice League, they, you know, you never know. You're like, hey. <laughs> maybe my, maybe my. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, please. Um, I know that when we, I'm just going back a little bit, and when we're talking about the Flintstones, I know that you mentioned, and I, and I, maybe I heard this incorrectly, but I heard you mention Amanda Connor. Yeah. And you said that, I think from what you mentioned, like she was sort of like, um, an inspiration on some of the characters. Oh well, what happened was, um. When the um, the whole Bear line was being promoted, there was some artwork worked up for books um, that hadn't had their creative teams put in place yet. Uh, and Amanda did uh, a group shot of the Flintstones as sort of halfway between the cartoon versions and a, a sort of more, you know, she's got quite a cartoony style anyway. So it was a, a really pleasant image, really nice um 
working with the characters. I didn't use it to, I didn't use them for my characters, but I, it did set in place the fact that they were going to have the same clothes and um, that, that design aesthetic, you know, that was, was going to remain in the book. Um, that, that's, that's pretty much the extent of it. I, I, um, they, they, Amanda and, um, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's the extent of the, the work she did on the book. Have you ever I, had a, oh, go ahead. Sorry, they, they, um, they're working on, um, uh, what were they working on? Um, Jetsons at the time. Okay. Uh, uh, which, which was, which was weird because I, I'd, I'd actually, um, my, my, I'd pitched to write Jetsons, but uh, Marie Javins, who was in charge of the books at that time, said, ah, oh, well, they've, they've, they're not sure if they're going to go forward with the Jetsons book, but I do need an artist on Flintstones. Could you do a couple of issues of that? And then we'll find a, a regular artist for it. I went, oh, okay, Flintstones. Yeah, 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 the writer's really good. And it turned out she was right. And I don't think she intended to find a replacement artist. She just... You, I'd like it. It was, I was kind of found a home without me knowing it. Um, yeah, we actually had the opportunity to interview her husband uh, a few a few weeks back, uh, Jimmy Palmiotti. So it's kind of just interesting to hear a story about her from you as well, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, nice. Cool. Um, uh, not to change the sort of subject a little bit, but um, just uh, the billionaire island. What sort of what what is that all about? Because I'm I'm seeing it pop up. Uh, is that you know a comic series or is that just a one sort of? Uh... Oh, it's um it's a six issue miniseries, um, mm -hmm. the Hoy comics, um, written by Mark Russell. So it's the same creative team as the Flintstones. Okay, uh, recoloring, um, and it was about a giant island where all the billionaires go to live where they can basically have the freedoms that um the, the the laws of men deny them in the regular countries and they were basically uh they knew uh, an apocalypse was coming and they were going to wait it out on the island um and uh, just enjoy the sun and unfortunately <laughs> one of the very very little people who they'd um damaged along the way um was out for revenge and managed to get onto the island so it was his story and the story of some other characters who got wrapped up in the whole um chaos of the thing it was mm. it was well yeah it seems to people seem to like it nice nice is, and is that this year's uh did that come out this year or i think a couple of years ago a couple um, of years ago okay <laughs> Yeah, I have to look it up because I was uh, reading some stuff on it and then I looked at your Facebook page and I was like, oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I definitely have to check that out. I've got a Wikipedia page, but I'm not important enough for anybody to update it. I'm not <laughs> 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 yeah, I was on your website also, uh, stevepugh.com. Uh, so, um, I have to check that out too. <laughs> I don't even remember how to update it, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you're using, well, we can talk about that offline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I've got a Google password or something. I'm updating again. It just directs people to the other places. Right. Do you have anything like that you want to tell people about uh, that, um, you know, we haven't heard about or anything like that, that you want to get the message across or something you want to plug or anything like that? Um, well, I'm, I'm definitely plugging the, the Justice League, obviously, but I think people um, know about the Justice League and will probably buy it uh, for the characters rather than me and the writer. Actually. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd plug Billionaire Island, the, the trades out, and Ahoy are a, a very, very interesting comic company, and I'd, I'd like to see a lot of people discover them. They're, they're very good creators, and they, they put out a lot of diverse, funny comics. Um, and there's not a lot of companies putting out humor comics um, at the minute, so that's something else to try. Um, 
other than that, buy all my stuff that I've already. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And we'll start a petition for you for the Hotwire. Uh, Hotwire, yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm gonna start sending that out. Say, what about this? Somebody pick this up here. Um, uh, yeah, uh, what we'll do is also we'll say, hey, search search for you because we can look you up on both Marvel and DC comic uh, websites. Um, um, I believe we can look you up on Dark Horse also. So uh, we'll definitely uh, share the word um, to pick up your art and uh, hopefully you get some uh, some residuals from uh, some of the uh, or the the purchases. I don't know how it all works, but <laughs> hopefully that still that still happens to this day. <laughs> you say you know there there is no there no. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. You know. It's, sometimes it's, we do. Sometimes. Yeah. Mystery art, you know how it works. Yeah, it's the mystery, right? It's like, oh, I got to check. Where did this come from, right? <laughs> 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 Well, um, Paris or Mav, did you have any other questions? No, um, I just want to say uh, I'm super impressed by your life of work with what you've contributed to comic books and the characters that we all love. Uh, the art is uh, super impressive, and um, it's always fascinating to sit here across from somebody that is a true creator and has uh, contributed to something that we all appreciate. And now putting a face uh, to that is, is, is great to see. And uh, thank you for be, being willing to sit across from us and have a casual conversation where we get to pick your uh, talented brain a little bit. So it's uh, been an honor. So thank you so much. Oh, mate, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for being interested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I echo those, those same uh, thoughts. Uh, thanks for that, Mav. Um, uh, one of the other things that I was just going to have to ask this one question. Um, have you had an opportunity as I work, you know, professionally, I work at Microsoft and on team Xbox. Um, I was just wondering, have you ever thought about getting into drawing art for the video game industry at all? Or is that, has that been anything that, uh, that's crossed your mind or any interest or had any opportunities? To do anything like that i haven't i mean I've, I've done a few things for magazines way back but um mm. no, I've, never, I've never worked for um uh actual video game artwork mm. i wouldn't know how to wouldn't know how to even get involved make it happen <laughs> paris paris is the man he's gonna get you the hookups <laughs> you never know right so i just was curious you, know, you, you have some pretty cool art so i was just like man I'm, I wonder if he's done anything or uh, or have, uh, reached out or had anybody contact you, but um, yeah, maybe I can I can spread the word if there's any interest. Right. I'll say this, Paris. There's a there's a there's a hole in the video game industry right now. Mm -hmm. There's a gap because we have new character creation for like superheroes and stuff that have meaning within books within movies, within within comics. But video games tend to, when it comes to like superhero type characters and stuff, like tend to only rely on the licensed uh, media as opposed to less creating their own unique stories. And there's such an opportunity, I think within video games because of your, your have the world at your hands to create whatever you want, right? to be able to actually traverse a world yourself right and have complete control why like i know there's been some like prototype and infamous and stuff but those like weren't like really true super, superhero type figures right uh i just i just don't understand why like xbox or uh, sony or one of these other companies really don't invest in creating their own superhero character and branch off of that because i think it just would offer limitless potential like so anyway that's just in my head yeah well i mean you know halo franchise there's a halo comics and, and stuff like that so there's been some of it but i i, I totally get what you're what you're uh, what you're saying yeah. and then i think there's also a gap um between you know the comic artists 
not getting opportunities to actually yes. do visual art for the video game industry. Yeah. So um, my mind is like hire somebody like Steve Q, uh, Steve <laughs> Q, and say, hey, you have free reign here. Create a create us a world and a character and a story, and we'll see right. if we can't visualize it on screen through um, you know um, with our teams. So yeah. anyway, it, it's yeah, just pipe, pipe dream. Yeah, it's a pipe. It's a it's a pipe dream. Yeah, that would be awesome, Steve. If you if you ever had the opportunity to work with a studio, it, it doesn't matter, you know, whether it be an indie studio or or a major publisher, something where you can create or help create a character and a world. And I know that, um, you know, one of the games that comes to mind is like when uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, right? I, I would think that artists like you would be perfect um to come into that especially with your your dark seed and it would just be really cool so if i ever see anything whether any game company is looking for comic artists i'm going to think of you first steve because your artwork is just phenomenal and i will send them emails and if they don't read the emails then you know i'll send them a fax and be like hey hire steve he's cool let that fax machine go off but um I really want to thank you for your time. I think that you're amazingly talented, all the work that you've done throughout the years. And it's because of, of guys like you that create and keep creating these worlds and characters for people like me to to read and get lost in. Uh, you were a big part of my childhood where I was completely bored out of my mind, but I could open up a comic book and be transplanted to this whole other universe of whether it was like DC or Marvel or whatever it was, but it was because of creators like you, I can get lost in this whole world, you know? And uh, I'm sure if my dad was here today, he would let you know how many times I took the, the, uh, the hoagie paper, the wraps from his pizza place, which was like a wax paper, to draw and add my own stories at the end of your guys' stories. And he'd have to order more hoagie paper because I wasted <laughs> wasted it all. <laughs> oh man, that's that's an amazing story. <laughs> so, um, thank you very much, and and we'll be sure to put you all the links that we know for you uh, below the videos as well. And um, Paris, uh, like we mentioned earlier, is part of the. Um, is in a man of the largest Marvel Facebook group, and a lot of people are gonna see this as well. So you might get some, you know, some new fans out of this that might never, never have known the work that you've done, you know, which is really cool. So I want to thank you, and thank everybody for being here today, and um, see you guys all next time. Awesome.